Welcome to the Crossview Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy the message this morning. For more information, visit us at mycrossview.com. Well, Virginia and I are really honored uh, to be with you this morning. And just as we begin, I want to take this opportunity um, first to say how much we love and respect your pastors, uh, Pastor Holly and uh, Pastor Kyle. Kyle, we've known Kyle since before we were born, I think. Known Kyle for a long time and just really love and appreciate and respect him. And, and then secondly, to just sincerely, sincerely say thank you for your partnership in the gospel. Uh, your faithful and generous support to our mission, for our missionary work and for the work of the Free Methodist Church across Asia. Thank you so much. Please, if, if there's one thing you hear from me this morning in addition to the Father's word, please hear how grateful we are for your partnership. I'm really grateful for the opportunity to share God's word with you this morning and also to share a little bit about some of our brothers and sisters in Asia Um, So, as some of you know, Virginia and I have called the Free Methodist Church our denominational family for 30 years, during which time I've had the privilege of serving as a pastor in a number of our churches, director of mobilization for the mission for uh, five years, helping missionaries to get to each of our world areas, and then for the last eight years, um, served in this role as Asia Area Director, and Virginia and I are both full-time career missionaries, and I work on behalf of Bishop Matt Whitehead, and I oversee the developing church across much of Asia, working with our missionary team and national leaders in more than 20 countries. Our newest work includes some developing networks in uh, Pakistan and a brand new partnership with the Sierra Pacific Conference down in Northern California, establishing a free Methodist presence in Fiji. So I'll be taking applications for missionary service in Fiji after the service. Uh, But friends, you've been wonderfully supportive of us over the years. And again, I just can't tell you how super helpful and encouraging it is when we remember your faithful commitment to give and to pray for us. In addition to your partnership with us, we know that you have a significant history of partnership in the gospel all around the world in other mission fields, other missionaries. So on behalf of all of us missionaries, thank you so much. And know that we can't do this without you. We're an extension of you. So I mean, one of the guarantees, guaranteed ways for you to be involved in the Great Commission and the a guaranteed way for you to help make disciples is by partnering with your missionaries. We, we, we can't be goers without senders and without prayers and without partners. So As we begin, I wanted you to have a quick, fresh experience with one of our key leaders in Asia. So, knowing that I had the privilege of speaking here at Crossview, I reached out earlier this week to Reverend Edna Bakus and asked her to create a video just for you this week. So, take a look. My name is Edna Bakus and I'm from the Philippines, but uh, currently I'm here in Hong Kong serving as the uh, pastor in charge of the First Filipino Free Methodist Church and at the same time the Executive Director of Asia Pacific Free Methodist Missions Association. Well, these past two years have been tough and been challenging for us uh, because of the political unrest, the many protests that broke out back in 2019 that disrupted our uh, lives and our schedules and um, our peace here in the city and then followed by the COVID-19 pandemic with all the restrictions and the protocols that we had to follow 
uh, it's not been easy but thank god because he is present and so pray for all the pastors pray for all the churches all the believers that we will continue to fix our eyes on jesus our true source of peace true source of hope true source of security so that in the midst of all of this chaos uh, we will continue to be a channel of peace of hope of um, comfort to those people we minister and also please pray for the upcoming event of the asia pacific free methodist missions association in the month of august we have this event called free youth asia connect 2021 and our prayer and our desire is that god is going to use this event to spark uh, to inspire our young people all throughout asia our fmc youth in asia um, and uh, inspire them and ignite their passion for god and also for his word so thank you so much for remembering us in your prayer and know that we are also praying for you there god bless you let's pray she asked us to pray right so let's pray father thank you for edna thank you for her life for her ministry, thank you for uh, her work both with the Asia Pacific Free Methodist Missions Association, but also as a as a pastora in the Filipino Church in Hong Kong. We pray for the Free Methodist Church in Hong Kong and believers in Hong Kong, especially in the midst not only of the pandemic but in the political social realities of these last uh, months and year. We ask for your blessing on her for this event that will reach out to youth across Asia. We ask for your help and your blessing on that as well. Bless Edna, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as Edna said, you know, this really has been uh, a different year for many of us, a difficult year and a different year for Virginia and I, uh, leading across thousands of miles through Zoom and other internet platforms, seeking the Holy Spirit's wisdom and um, the midst of the lockdowns and, you know, things are loosening up here, but maybe starting to get bad again. And in Asia, particularly, they're really, really difficult right now and maybe experiencing some of the worst part of the pandemic right now. Um, just uh, working through our own suffering and difficulty and bearing even greater burdens of suffering as we connect daily with the church and with friends in Asia. And while there is absolutely no substitute uh, for face-to-face in-person time together as missionaries somehow with the father's help we've literally multiplied the number and frequency of our connections across asia over these last 16 to 18 months both with the missionary team and also with national leaders through the wonders of all those ways that we can connect through the internet um in fact in 2020 the year of the pandemic right you can go to the next slide asia the Free Methodist Church in Asia planted more than 500 new churches and groups in the midst of the pandemic and helped over 8,600 people find faith in Jesus, all in the midst of lockdowns and increasing hunger and political turmoil and the other difficulties of the pandemic. I mean, the Holy Spirit is uh, continuing to work, and we've all had to innovate to think of different ways of ministry, to think differently, if you will. But that's kind of the way of Jesus, isn't it? To think differently, to, as my shirt says, to get used to different. Um, this past year, uh, Virginia and I were encouraged in our faith as we watched a new story, a TV series, maybe some of you saw it, about Jesus and his work called The Chosen 
Dallas Jenkins, the director, creator of this story, he made it clear that this is, wasn't their intention to replace Scripture, but rather to drive people to Scripture and to pique interest. And each episode is an imaginary and fictional and potentially backstory to a biblical event. And uh, one of the episodes, if you've watched it, you know this one in season one, depicts the calling of the disciple Matthew, Matthew the tax collector. And, you know, you remember that tax collectors in Jesus' day, they were hated by their own people, seen as traitors, as, as those who would betray the nation of Israel. And in this particular episode, when Jesus calls Matthew, Matthew, son of Alphaeus, follow me, the character of Simon says something like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Do you have any idea who this guy is, what he's done? Do you even know him? I don't get it. And Jesus said, well, you didn't get it when I called you either, Simon. And Simon says, yeah, but this is different. I'm not a tax collector. And Jesus said, get used to different. And so, you know, I wonder if we might consider that in a way, Jesus says to us over and over in the scriptures, get used to different. You're to be in the world, but not to capitulate to the world. Jesus says, my kingdom is upside down to most people. Get used to different. The last are the first. To live, you must die. To follow, you must deny yourself. To lead, you must serve. To be exalted, you must humble yourself. You cannot earn acceptance. You must simply surrender. You need to get used to different. I wonder at least in my own experience, you know, we get stuck on sameness. And it often gets us into trouble. Things are no longer the way they were. And so we get upset and we can miss out on all that God has for us if we don't get used to different. I often miss our family's togetherness when the children were younger. But if I try to hold on to way, the way it was I'll miss out on the way that it is today. Does that make sense? I need to get used to different. And that opens the door to new relationships, to new experiences, new, new levels of growth in Christ. And in the passage that I want to share with you um, today, it's the same call to think and be different, to get used to different. I mean, you'll know this passage right away. Right away, It says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Rejoice when you are persecuted is the idea. Rejoice when you have trials. Rejoice when you suffer, when you grieve. Get used to different. So let's take a look at the scripture today from Philippians chapter 4. It should be on the screen here for you. You know it well. I mean, this is one of the ones that I've memorized. You may know it by heart as well. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness known be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. 
On this next slide, you'll see some free Methodist friends in Nepal and Pakistan, some good friends of ours, get used to different. The, the joy described here in Philippians chapter 4 is different than normal experience. Think with me about this. We normally rejoice in our good experiences. We rejoice when things go well. But to rejoice when things are difficult, that's really different. A different the uh, dictionary says that to rejoice is to be joyful, happy, pleased, glad, delighted, elated, ecstatic, euphoric, to be overjoyed, be pleased as punch, be jubilant, raptured, transported. To be joy means to be beside oneself with joy, to be delirious, thrilled, jump for joy, be on cloud nine, be walking, treading on air, be in seventh heaven, exalt, glory, triumph, cheer, celebrate, revel, make merry. And Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. And in case you missed it, I'm saying it again, rejoice. And, and certainly, joy is all of those, definary, or those dictionary definitions and words. But I want to suggest to you this morning that in this different life that Jesus calls us to embrace, joy is a choice we make, not just an emotional state. Joy is a choice that we make, not just an emotional state. James chapter 1 tells us that joy is a choice we make. He says, consider it all joy whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. See, joy is a choice that we make, not just an emotional state. It's a choice to turn to Jesus. That's why it says, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. In the Lord, we find true joy. Because in the Lord, we not only find salvation, but we find lasting, unspeakable joy and uncontainable hope. In Jesus, we find eternal perspective. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says it again. Rejoice always. Which in many ways really goes against the normal flow of life. We must choose to to go against the flow when we rejoice in the Lord always. We really need to get ourselves used to different. I mean, maybe we could say if we've lost our joy, we need to do something different than what we're doing. Don't misunderstand. There is certainly a time to grieve, a time to mourn, a time where godly sorrow leads us to repentance. There are times when we must weep with those who weep, but we don't stay there. Joy comes in the morning. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation, prayed David in Psalm 51. And speaking of David, maybe you could remember with me back to that tragic story of 1 Samuel, Samuel chapter 30 when David and his men had returned to their home in a place called Ziklag and only to find that the city they were in and had been completely burned and destroyed and all of their wives and children had been taken away. You could look at that story later if you want. And David's men were beside themselves with grief. And the scriptures say that they wept until they could weep no more. David's men even began to talk about stoning him, stoning David, his own men. And David became very discouraged. But David did something different. He did not call a friend. He didn't binge watch a TV series. He didn't lose himself in self-pity or try to ignore his pain. The Bible says that David turned to the Lord. He encouraged himself in the Lord 
his God. Amen? Rejoice in the Lord always. Joy is a choice that we make, not just an emotional state. Yes, joy is about happiness and is even circumstantial. Christians should be the happiest people on the planet when we recall the many wonderful things that our unfailing, faithful Father has done for us. But it's easy to allow the pushes and pulls of life to steal our joy. It's easy to be distracted by the things of life, things which draw our eyes and attention away from the beauty and glory and power and love of God which is in Christ Jesus. So, so what do we need to do? Colossians chapter 3 tells us, if, if you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, Seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. The idea is, since you are a follower of Jesus, since you are by faith living and walking in Christ Jesus, set the focus of your life, your time, and your attention on heavenly things. Set your mind on things above, not on things that are on earth. Why? Because the things that are on earth will rob you of joy. Only the things of God will bring lasting joy. So get used to different. Stop thinking about and worrying about and talking about all of the hard stuff of life. This season of life seems to be filled with reasons to be sad, to grieve, to lose hope. Virginia and I, we've lost friends and family. Life at times feels very uncertain, tenuous, dangerous. I heard this morning that my friend and brother Pacap has been on oxygen um, because of COVID in the last day or so. I heard this week that a supportive friend died suddenly. I heard this week of several more people battling cancer. I could go on and it feels bleak, but in light of eternity, in view of the hope of heaven, everything about these things is different. Would you agree? If you, if you take eternity out, if you take Jesus out, things are bleak. But in light of eternity, things are different. No sting in death. Uncondainable hope in the face of fear. There was a, there was a moment early on in the pandemic when Virginia and I made a conscious effort to limit our intake of news about the virus and, it, and the political situation and all the stuff that was going on, all of the uncertainty, all the fear, all the speculation, the images. We didn't hide our heads in the sand. We do need to be aware of life around us to be discerning Christians, but we set our minds on things above. We need to be spending more time thinking and reading and listening and praying than we need to read and think and take in the news and opinions and arguments and accusations. We have, a, we have a leader in Asia um, in one of the very first places where the virus really began to explode. He chose to not to leave when he had the opportunity, but to stay with God's people during the worst part of the crisis. Jesus really calls us to get used to different. Paul says the same thing about this idea of focus, not on things below, but on things above, right? And And in the Lord, not somewhere else. Paul says the same kind of thing about focus in Romans chapter 8 and verse 6. He says, the mind that is set on the flesh is death. 
But the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. Joy is a choice that we make, not just an emotional state. So back in Philippians chapter 4, Paul walks us through this choice to rejoice in the Lord. This choice to get used to different. This choice to set our mind on things above. The choice to rejoice in the Lord. He says, verse 6, don't worry about anything. Get used to different. A number of times in the Gospels, Jesus tells us, do not be afraid. Do not be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about your life. Remember, get used to different. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. There's the set your mind. There's the choice to rejoice in the Lord. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. And there's a key about how to do it. There's a key about how to rejoice in the Lord always because a heart that is full of gratitude toward God will not be preoccupied with the distractions and the difficulties here. Preoccupied. Verse 7, then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything that we can understand and his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. It's a peace that Jesus gives that you do not have to self-generate. When you choose to rejoice in him, set your mind on things above, he'll give you this peace. God's peace is shalom. It is rest. It's reconciliation. It includes trust. So Paul then continues with the recipe for joy, the pathway to get used to different in verses 8 and 9. And you're going to see again the tie-in with setting your mind on things of the Spirit, on things above. Look at it, verse 8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. Remember, set your mind. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. Our, uh, our brothers and sisters in Christ who live in Asia, they really understand the importance of these truths. I mean, how in the world do we rejoice in the Lord when there's an explosion and gunfire outside your home? This, these, this is literal reality, particularly in Myanmar these days. How do you set your mind on things above when the culture around you is screaming with the noise of pain and fear and hunger and selfishness and disappointment? I mentioned Myanmar, and I don't know if you're following the news, but Myanmar is in the midst of an unprecedented crisis. Not only there's this pandemic, it's a convergence of the virus and the military coup and violence, but these crises have pushed up to 3.5 million more people into hunger. Almost a million more refugees, people that have been forced from their homes I'm in touch with Pakeb daily, and they have had to get used to different. How do you follow Jesus and accomplish his mission when you're in lockdown, when your local area is under martial law? Pakeb told his leaders and members that even though the nation is in lockdown, that they should remember that nothing restricts the movement of the Holy Spirit. Last year, he encouraged his pastors at the... At the uh, um, at the beginning of uh, 20, it was the beginning of 2021, I believe, in, in January, he encouraged his pastors to pray that the Holy Spirit would visit church members since, since they could not visit because of the virus. 
And before the coup hit uh, at the beginning of this year, Pakep encouraged his pastors to pray that together the Free Methodist Church in Myanmar might see 50 baptisms in 2021. Then the coup hit and even more restrictions took place and pastors couldn't do a much, much moving around. But by the end of May, they had 200 baptisms. I, uh, I asked some of our leaders in Southeast Asia um, how they rejoice in the Lord always. Um, here's a picture of them on the next slide. These are some of our leaders. On the top left is Abraham, our superintendent in Nepal. Then right below him is Joshua, superintendent in Thailand. To the right is one of our new leaders in Pakistan. His name is A.D. And then Daniel on the left, from superintendent from Cambodia. And then he in the bottom right. And I said, how do you guys, how do you guys rejoice in the Lord? I'm going to be speaking this summer at churches. And I'm going to talk about Philippians chapter 4, rejoice in the Lord always. How do you do it where you're at? So Daniel, on the bottom left there, he said... Well, we need to remember the historical background of the book of Philippians. Paul was in prison. His own circumstances were difficult, unhappy. Maybe he's even waiting for another trial. But he sees the importance of rejoicing in the Lord. It's more than just don't worry, be happy. His outward circumstances did not define his inner life. Get used to different. That's really great. Then I ask AD, and he shared some of the same kinds of thoughts, and, and he said, uh, you know, Psalm 23, knowing the good shepherd and his care for us provides a sense of reassurance and occasion to rejoice. Then he and the leader from Vietnam, he said, you know, rejoicing in the Lord is an attitude, it's a behavior, it's a choice. Our Lord is the source of joy. John 15, 5 reminds us that when we abide in him, we will bear fruit. He will prop us up. He will strengthen us. He will support us. I spent four years in prison, he said. But even in those days, I still have joy because of fellowship with Jesus. And then, and then he and reminded us of the beginning of our meeting on this particular uh, day. I had asked at the beginning of the meeting... I'd ask the pastors to introduce themselves to our newest leader, the leader in Pakistan. And Joshua, the leader in Thailand, began right away, and he had a big smile and wide eyes. Uh, Pastor Kyle has met Joshua, and he knows him. And, and, and Joshua, in his broken English, um, mentioned, he said, I have a very beautiful wife. He was quite happy to say that. And then he mentioned, oh, but it's the hot season in Thailand, and we're all hoping for rain. But that heat did not diminish Joshua's enthusiasm for his beautiful wife, Pastor Heen reminded us. And, he, and we need to remember that the heat of life does not need to diminish the wonder that our Lord Jesus is our groom. Get used to different friends. And then I ask Superintendent Abraham in the top left there for his thoughts. He lives in Kathmandu, Nepal, and he struggled with COVID for an entire month. The infrastructure in Nepal is as scary as the virus. Um, Virginia and I have been there many times. Abraham has known great difficulty. I met him 
um, and began to work with him in 2015, just before that big earthquake. 9,000 people were killed and 600,000 buildings were damaged or destroyed. In fact, we still have ministry in the mountains at an earthquake refugee camp, the Free Methodist Church does in Nepal. So I asked Abraham, how do you, he said, thank you for asking me about this. Um, I always struggle with this verse, he said. But I'm learning that if we are in Christ, we have peace in our hearts. Jesus said, I'm giving you peace, not like the world, but his peace. I have known his peace in my life. To rejoice in the Lord, I've had to remember his sovereignty, that he is in control of all things. And that is great cause for rejoicing. And finally, Joshua spoke. He said, Rejoicing in the Lord is maybe easy to say, but not always easy to do. For me, the key is remembering his love. His love for us is never ending. And we might just remember that life is like the seasons. Sometimes we have a hard season. Sometimes we have good seasons of growth. But we rejoice in the Lord always. The season is not a whole year. It is not monsoon raining season all the time. To rejoice in the Lord, we remember and trust in the word of God. If we want to rejoice in the Lord always, we may need to change our eyes, to change what we're looking at, to get used to different, if I could put words in his mouth, to set our minds on things above. You know, for me, I'm just very humbled when I listen to those brothers that I know and love and deeply respect who have known hardship far beyond perhaps what I'll ever know. There's something about, um, there's something about this idea of getting used to different so that we don't miss what the Father has for us. Opening ourselves up to see something that we might not have seen otherwise by turning to the Lord in the midst of difficulty. So uh, last week, we had some friends at our house and I um, ordered some barbecue and I went to pick it up and put it in the back of my car and as I picked up and or picked, turned out of the parking lot, I turned into the middle lane and I could hear the bag tip over and I knew all those ranch beans were in there. And I thought, oh my goodness. So I, I turned into the other next parking lot. There was a man right there in the turn in and he was, looked to be about my age, maybe kind of struggling with life, if you know what I mean. And I pulled in there real quick and just, just turned in real quick because I didn't want those beans all over my, the back of my car. And I got out and I um, walked right to the back of the car and I noticed that guy was a little bit intimidating. He started walking toward me and I turned the beans up and uh, I turned around and he smiled. He said, oh, I thought you were a hitman." And, uh, you know, because I just, I whipped it in there real quick, I guess, and maybe he was feeling guilty. And I said, nope, not a hit man. And I walked in my, grabbed in my car, the gospel of John that I keep in there. And I said, nope, not a, not a hit man. I gave him that. And I said, hey, you, you want, you need something to eat? He said, yeah. And so I opened my wallet and gave him some money. And I mean, it totally was something different than what he was expecting. Of course, I'm not sure why he thought a hit man would drive a blue Subaru with 150,000 miles, you know. Um, but I just think about how uh, that perspective for him was so much different than what he was expecting. And he got used to different in a sense. You know, I'm, 
might not always mean that somebody's out to get me if I turn in. Is, is there a, you know, is there a, um, a situation in which you need to begin to think different? Maybe, maybe in order to not miss out on something that our Father has for you to see. You know, is there a situation, a conflict, a challenge, a person, or maybe a truth, and you really need to adjust your perspective and get used to different? I mean, joy is a choice we make, not just an emotional state. Don't allow your outward circumstances to dictate your inward reality. Set your mind on things above where your life is hidden with Christ and God. Get used to different. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for the grace that is ours in Christ Jesus. Thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit that brings the mercy and love and hope and peace that we can't find by ourselves apart from you. So help us to turn to you. Help us to rejoice in the Lord always. Help us to see the things that you want us to see in a different way and embrace a new season of life that offers new hope and joy, maybe perhaps like we've not experienced before. In Jesus' name, amen.